0: Hi, this is FT Lukens, and you are listening to the Super Lit podcast.
1: Woo. music. Yeah. <laughs>
2: my name is brandon patrick we've got sophie green here and we have ft lukens and you're listening to the super lit podcast the super lit podcast is a bi-weekly podcast pertaining to books about the lgbtqia community hello everyone
0: hi hello hey
2: we were just talking about a standee and I, it just flashed into my mind. I remember Brian Lasala was at a book fair somewhere and he was holding his book cut out, just like walking around with it like yes, yes. See yes.
0: that was at BookCon 2019. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that sounds right.
2: He was like walking around with it, you like yelling. He's like, Hey everyone, Reverie, this thing. We love it. Yeah. That
1: one looks much larger though. I don't know if it would be quite as easy to lift. Yeah. I, well, love, I,
2: I would love to have that in my room, <laughs> the one yeah. for your book. <laughs> this cover is beautiful. The cover um, is gorgeous. Is. Yes. Um, when I opened the, like, box for it, I was like, Sylvie, I, like, ran up the stairs. Do you want to tell us what uh, the name of your book is?
0: Yes, uh, it is. So this is Ever After um and speaking about the cover the cover artist is sam Schechter, and she did the cover also for in deeper waters um and she is just an amazing artist and what's really cool about this cover is that um you have the front cover which shows the two main characters but there's also a back cover and the back cover Mm -hmm. has the rest of the gang of the questing group on the back and they're just portrayed so wonderfully and so they just take my breath. When I first saw it, I, it took my breath away. It was just so cool to see these characters come to life like this.
2: Yeah. Can I imagine, especially for like, um, this kind of book, just like seeing everyone is a, a, it's helpful for me, the reader, but like seeing everyone, everyone's just so hot. First of all, but also <laughs> <laughs> I like got it. I was like, Oh, Oh, oh no,
0: they're hot. <laughs> yeah, truly. If
2: they were questing towards me, I would give up. You're <laughs> all too hot. Don't cut my head off. Just just let me be. You can have you can have whatever you want. But uh wh- what um like what brought the, like this book into existence for you? Like what was the inspiration there?
0: The inspiration was I wanted to write a rom-com and mm-hmm. um I was and poor Julian Winters, I have mentioned him in every single time I have talked about this is he and I were hanging out and uh, he's such an uh, amazing contemporary writer um, and he writes the best rom-coms and, and I was like, man, I really want to write a rom-com, um, but I'm just not a contemporary writer and it's uh, I can't write things that don't have like a unicorn or a spaceship or something in them. And he was like, well, just write a rom-com, you know, on, on a pirate ship or write it in a castle or write it uh, in a spaceship, you know, and, and that's kind of where the idea of So This Is Ever After was born was mm-hmm. um, to write a fantasy rom-com
2: I love it it really did I'm not I've never played D&D before but uh, the description of this being like the love child of like D&D and I forget what, what was the other description it's like the love child of D&D and
0: a romantic comedy
2: there we go yes I was mm-hmm. like yes this is it and I I I'm like reading I'm like I I don't know a lot about D&D Sophie does but this feels right to me <laughs>
1: it feels so right it was like the first page I was like oh okay this is an adventuring party I'm in let's go (laughs) I was like already I was like okay was this character right I was like okay there and then I think like fairly relatively early on you you like describe them and give like kind of like their like quote-unquote like class as they were so I'm like oh yeah this is this is like head-on just like an an adventuring party this is going to be a good time yeah, um, I did that because, well, one
0: first off is I'm uh, a massive geek, and I have always loved role-playing games in and D&D and World of Warcraft and, and fantasy uh, tropes and everything, but... Um, When I was writing and crafting this story, and knew that I wanted to start it in an unconventional place. So I started the story at the end of the main quest. And I know that I didn't want the reader to kind of just feel jarred into the story. And they wanted to have something familiar uh, in those opening pages. It was really easy for me to go, well, I'll just use these really classic archetypes and use them. Uh, to make these characters feel familiar from the outset so that people can get a feel for them and what their you know role is and their personality might be like at the very beginning but of course as the book goes on you realize that your first impressions of the questing group might not have been accurate based on oh this person's the rogue oh this person's the bard um, kind of thing but Mm -hmm. I purposely did that because the the beginning is such a interesting place to begin that I wanted to make sure that w- the reader would be invested right away
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such like a brilliant like shorthand to feel comfortable with the characters immediately. And even though you've literally just met them, they're like fresh on the page and you're like, Oh no, I know like what Lila's about. Okay, yeah, she's sneaking <laughs> off somewhere. She already has a bag of gold, like somewhere stashed. <laughs> she has already looted the room. She's fully she she's checked, halfway she's up checked the window. for traps, she's looted for yeah. she checked the bodies, she's already have like rubies lining her like jacket. Like, we know what's up. Like it, it's a, it's such a good way to introduce people, starting at like at the end of a story basically mm-hmm.
2: when you were writing it like did you write a little <laughs> bit before like to get yourself into the swing of it was it like you wrote a little bit and then got to the part where the book actually starts and then went how did that work for you
0: no I wrote I literally wrote him uh, beheading the bad guy what's <laughs> the first thing
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <A> <laughs> yeah
0: Cause I wanted it to, cause you know, it's a, it's a comedy. I wanted it mm-hmm. to be humorous. And, um, and I was like, what's the best way for it to, to start off really funny is to, you know, have this kind of gruesome and it's kind it's pretty gross. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, have this kind of gruesome funny scene um, mm-hmm. of you know, like the main hero that is supposed to do this uh, thing and, and um, defeat this, you know, bad person and, he just flubs it right from the beginning.
2: <laughs> I love that the sword wasn't sharpened. Like, no. <laughs> I think that is such a funny thing. It's like, let me take a whack. And it's like, oh, crap. <laughs> I have to do this again. And Bethany's like, well, I'm going to go puke. So thanks right. for that. Um,
1: you got to take care of your weapons. Yeah, you got to. Just, you just let them get dull.
2: The yeah, exactly.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and it, it, it was a... It actually... um it wasn't that gross when I first wrote it, but um, my editor was like, no, let's push it. Let's make it a little more gross. <laughs>
2: <laughs> make it even more gruesome. <laughs>
0: You know, the, the description of him pulling the crown off the head, you know, that kind of stuff. That wasn't all there. <laughs> um, but it was added, so.
1: Yeah, you feel, like, the grime of everything. It's like, oh, yeah, these guys have been traveling around for months. Everyone is just, like, disgusting right now. Yeah. <laughs> Starting off strong. Starting off realistically. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that's the thing that, like, I always think when I'm, like, playing a game like that or, like, anything like a video game, let's say. And I'm, like, when I turn the TV off, does the video game character, like, go take a shower? Like, do they know to do this (laughs) when I'm not watching? Because when I come back in, end of the world, they're still, like, pristine. I'm, like, that's not real. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean the premise of the book too is like what happens after. Like what happens when the end of the quest or where a traditional story would end, um mm-hmm. and the curtain goes down and everybody's, you know, happy and blah blah blah. And uh no, it starts off with them winning and then going so now, what do we do? <laughs> where's that wizard? I love that, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> where's
1: that wizard, or where's the, where's the rest of this prophecy? Where's or... the instruction manual? <laughs> uh, yeah, I love the like the groan when like the first time Matt pulls out the prophecy again. They're yeah. like, no, we know what the prophecy is, but it just, don't it's not do instructions. Yeah. <laughs> please, like we've read it a thousand times. We've memorized. What do it. we do now? Like
0: that's one of my favorite lines is um when he's like uh i'm trying to make a point and bethany's like is the point that you're pedantic
2: (laughs) (laughs) is the point that you're reiterating something that we all know already (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah it's like it I mean it does it's like it feels like a video game when you get like stuck on a level and you're like all right let me look at like the last like scripture or clue or whatever and you open it it's like yeah this is the same weird riddle I read two hours (laughs) ago I still don't know where I am cool Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) speaking of video
0: games did you pick up the Super Mario reference
2: is there one uh, i wait, wait we missed this oh, then you
0: don't you guys <gasps> i'm a bad nerd no it's okay because uh I, I asked steven and he didn't uh steven salvatore he didn't know it either but when they go up to the tower mm-hmm. and they're like oh yeah oh, your princess is uh, not in another tower she's dead that is yeah. a super mario reference <laughs> from where at the end of every level level princess peach wasn't in the castle mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, Mario, your princess must be in another castle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> your destiny is in another castle. Actually, no, she's dead. No, she's dead. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing about, like, this is actually, like, a pretty, like, humorous book, too. Like, I, I think you did a really good job with, I, it's very realistic that they feel like they know each other really well. But, like, on a surface level, as you, like, explore the book more, the main character, is it Alec? Arik. Arik, there we go. Um, Arik is, like, slowly getting, like, actually getting to know these people that, like, put their lives on the line for him. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was, like, a really interesting point that's made, like, further into the book. That the characters are like, yeah, you know, like, A side of me. But, like, you don't necessarily know, like, everything about me. Or, like, what got me to the point where, like, you found me. I forget who the first one he speaks to.
0: before It's Shauna.
2: Yeah. um, I thought that was like a really like heartfelt moment in the book. And it it made me feel like the characters are even more real because it's like, yeah, you know of me, but you don't know like everything about me and like why I am the way I am. Um, And I really liked that in the book.
0: Yeah, um, that was uh, another kind of conscious choice that I I wanted to make sure. One of the um, underlying themes about folks being put in roles um, er, or knowing people on the surface, because uh, in this instance, these characters came together to fulfill a prophecy and they had to be who they had to perform in a role for the period of that prophecy to make sure that it, you know, the quest comes, you know, to fruition and, and all that. But then beyond that, they're all trying to figure out who they are beyond these roles that were set out for them on this, you know, magical piece of paper. Um, And with that, they have to relearn each other a little bit and, they and shauna was the first one to kind of point that out to ara and could be like you know you know me as this capable warrior because that's what i had to be for this to be successful but that's not all i am and then she gets to go on and have like the cutest little romance um, where she gets all flustered and so she's like super cool with a sword and can kill people and is like the level head in the room and you know the chaos children um but she gets to have like the the cutest little like fluffy romance too so each character gets to uh, kind of break out beyond the role that that society had put forth for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah i really like that each like each of the characters is very like I don't want to say like <laughs> stoic to a point, but then like once it's like further into the book and they're like the the two characters that like fall in love with each other. I won't say who they are, so I won't spoil it. But like it's like a it happens in a very bad way, but it's also great at the same time.
1: Right. <laughs> very it's humorous
2: like, and very terrible, but it's just like I love this, I love this I so think much. It's the
1: only way that could have happened, yes, I don't know. oh yeah, I mean, definitely. It would have, it would have been just an. For years it would have yes. been years decades maybe never it would have yeah. been a deathbed confessional if if
0: there hadn't been some um pollen involved
1: yeah <laughs> yeah that deathbed confessional is a fantastic band name <laughs>
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's someone write so that right. down yeah <laughs> hurry <laughs> One thing that I really, really love doing with books too is um, once I've like finished reading them, I'm trying to find a song that like makes me feel like the the book. If there was like a song specifically that you could pick that like kind of spoke to the book really well, what what would you pick?
0: I want you to want me by Letters to Cleo. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> that's
2: amazing.
0: So, uh, but, you know, and no one has asked me about a playlist that I have made, but I listened to so much pop punk when I was writing this, um, Mm -hmm. which seems a little weird, but um, it was just what the playlist was at the time. So Mm -hmm. there was so much like Blink-182 and um, some Fall Out Boy and uh, all, all those kind of like. Um like nineties early not even nineties early o's um mm-hmm. kind of music was what mm-hmm. <laughs> i really or mid o's uh that I really listened to to write this and and I don't know why I don't think it comes across at all that I was listening to pop punk
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of like pining in a lot of that kind of music too of, yeah, like, there this. is I feel like that relates i've been I've been reading it, and like on the way to work too, I've just been like, what song would I pick for this?' Um, And I'm really
1: (laughs) I love that that actually translates. Yeah, I love it The more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, every Blink-182 song Is about how, like, Tom is just a idiot who doesn't know what's going on at all at any point in his life and doesn't deserve like any of his relationships it's just about him being like just a big dumb idiot that's like I don't know why these people are hanging out with me but I guess we're dating now this is where we're at feels like the vibe yeah (laughs) yeah that is kind of the vibe I'm just thinking about blink 82 now
2: Um. (laughs) Sophie did you have any any notes that you wanted to talk about
1: I mean, I just want I just thought it was so funny how how endearing Arik was and how stupid he was. <laughs> stupid complimentary. I don't know. <laughs> um
2: stupid comma complimentary.
1: But he was, like, it's such, like, a a good, like, kind of, like, trope of, like, a bumbling idiot who is the chosen one and then everyone else has to kind of keep him in line because he's Mm -hmm. really just, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to... Apparently, I'm the chosen one, but what does that mean? (laughs) Um, And it just really, like, had such a good vibe of, like, the only reason that they, like, all succeeded was that they all worked together. Mm -hmm. It had, like, such a good, like, family vibe of, like independently maybe some of the stronger characters could have like defeated the vile one but it really you needed they needed everyone like they needed each other Mm -hmm. which i think is also such an interesting it's like it's so interesting that you start kind of at the end of that because like a traditional fantasy story you would kind of slowly build that like family vibe like as you process and as they go on the journey together and you like get to the end and presumably I mean we talked about this a little already but they're already there like they've they've already like done what they needed to do and now it's kind of like okay so um do we all like stay at the castle now? Or, like, what's the vibe? do I go home? Like, yeah, what's the, yeah, like, are we still hanging out? Are we still friends? Like, or was this like a contract? Do we situation? like each other? Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. like,
0: <laughs> so Arik is a really interesting character in that he is, um, someone who was chosen to be a leader, but he doesn't want to be a leader and he doesn't want to be not that the he just really doesn't want to be king because he doesn't want everyone to look to him and he has a lot of insecurity about being the leader and having all these like strong personalities mm-hmm. um, and these capable people looking to this village kid to do this stuff and there's a real turning point for him um, in the moat monster scene mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and he's standing there and like that i love that whole sequence because it starts off with them just being like no we're making our own traditions we're we're the new We're the new rulers in town and Mm -hmm. we don't have to follow what other people did in quote unquote tradition. And then they like walk outside (laughs) and the moat monster comes out and then does its thing. And then Arik kind of like looks around and he's like, Oh crap, it's me. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, I'm so oh I'm doing this. Okay. (laughs) Right. He's like, oh, I have to jump in. (laughs) Like he does it. He takes that like second to to you know pause but then you know cape and all he jumps in and Mm -hmm. from that kind of point forward you see him start to kind of grow into being a capable king and um you know knowing that he doesn't know stuff and and being smart enough to rely on the team that he has around them and and work off their strengths um, so that he can be successful and that they can all be successful together and happy and alive. So, <laughs> but yeah, he's the trope between um, Arik and Matt is really much kind of um, idiots in love. Because yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that's my favorite trope <laughs> ever.
0: <laughs> well, good. Cause uh, it's a lot of this book. Mm-hmm.
2: There were, like, a few times that, like, I got, like, emotional while I was reading it. I was like, why can't they just see each other? And it's just, uh, it. I think it has, like, a, the book has a really nice payoff. But I think it's also just, like, I love the friends around him just being like, who wants to bet? Who wants to bet that this isn't going to happen? Or, like, yeah. oh, you think it's not going to? He'll be here in 10 minutes. What are you talking about? They'll figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I love that they have these people around them that are like rooting for them, but mm-hmm. also both like, also like letting them figure it out on their own and kind of mm-hmm. careful because they don't want to intervene. And a lot of the like the tension between Arik and Matt, it, you know, is based a, around that curse. And, you know, Arik doesn't want to like damn Matt to have to stay in the castle the whole time and be Mm -hmm. with him. And Matt doesn't want to be Aric's second choice and doesn't want to be, you know, the, the best friend um, always. And it's really difficult for both of them to, to get beyond, get them get out of their own way Mm -hmm. um, to be together.
2: Yeah. I think also it's very understandable too. Like if you're, Friends at first with someone, like, specifically, and that's, like, how the relationship started, and it's not, like, something that you ever think is going to be different than that. If you both start feeling different ways, it's like, wait, how do we broach this conversation, just in general? Because it's like, wait, is this, like, appreciate, like, do we just appreciate each other, like, as, like, a normal level, or is this romantic? Because a lot of those feelings are very much similar and I totally understand them both being like, "Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't know. Right? We're just friends.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're just really close friends. Yeah, we're just uh, really <laughs> close friends
2: that lay in bed together all the time and snuggle and like eat dinner at the yeah. same time and just like play with each other's hair. It's just like totally normal. We're just platonic. Just
1: guys, just couple guys being dudes. Yeah,
2: <laughs> just guys being guys."
1: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) it's
2: it's very two guys sitting in a bed five feet apart because they because they're not gay but they are they love each other they are
1: they just they just won't talk about it yeah um i i like that there's like subtle like queerness throughout the book too like it's Mm -hmm. like it's a fantasy book so why the fuck would you not have uh like (laughs) sorry (laughs) i swear but (laughs) Why would you not yeah, have like queerness be yeah. like it's like there's there's dragons and there's giant squid monsters? There's definitely like some like gay they thems kissing like boys. Yeah, yeah like uh-huh. why not? Absolutely. It's and it's like just kind of it's never um like put into question. It's never at all like challenged by anyone. It's mm-hmm. literally like when they find out that there's this kind of like curse that's looming they're like all right let's find you a partner like literally any any of our friends any Mm. like down for anything it's it's never even like okay so we're gonna find you a princess yeah who's sitting in a tower I mean maybe you try to do that but that's just because she's there but like (laughs) um so I, I I really appreciate that in like a fantasy novel
0: yeah, um, I've, I've talked about this a little bit, just that um, I used to, I loved fantasy growing up and loved reading it. And you know, some of my favorite books are, are from like the 80s and 90s, kind of the, the little fantasy boom that was right then. And one thing that I always just kind of didn't like was that, you know, you're a writer and you're writing a fantasy world or a sci-fi world. Why would you pull in the prejudices of the current world and, mm-hmm. and why can't you just build what you would like to see? And so, yeah, I totally did that with this. I was like, it's just going to, you know, not a big deal and everybody can love who they love and nobody's going to blink an eye. And there are, you know, all sexual orientations and gender identities and whomever, all is welcome. And mm-hmm. um, it it was pretty, it was pretty freeing, right? Honestly, just not having to, to worry about that at all.
2: Mm hmm. It was also pretty nice, too, like seeing like a wider selection of like different kinds of people and like races, especially because like, again, you're writing a, a fantasy novel and everyone's white. That is a very specific kind of fantasy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yikes! That's a yikes fantasy. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's a yikes. Yeah, that's, that's a yikes, yikes from
2: everyone. Me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it was just. No like, for me. Yeah, and it was just like I like that when Eric is just like trying to woo more than just his friends. At that point, it's like there, no one's out of bounds here. It's just like I just want someone that's nice that maybe has <laughs> yeah. brown hair. My type brunettes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that made me <laughs> yeah. sc- scream laugh. It shouldn't have, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting on the couch next to Sophie when I read that part. And I was like, "Burnets." <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was just like nice. Like Sophie said that, like this was like a a fantasy novel that wasn't like d- d- dry and white. <laughs> it was very nice. Dry. Yeah, dry and white.
0: <laughs> it sounds like a wine. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, like, that's always stuff that I've set out to do is just to be um, as inclusive as possible. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm writing for a YA audience and I'm writing for teens. And um, I really, you know, want people to read my books and be able to to find themselves reflected back in some way or another. So and allow, um, you know, all uh, kids, all diverse kids or, you know, kids from all kinds of backgrounds and um, identities to be able to, to see themselves as a hero.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's I. That's the like the point of like these books is to be able to see yourselves in these these places, and it's it's so nice now too, and uh, to be able to see like as an adult that there are so many different kinds of fantasy novels where like if I mean if this existed when I was a teenager, it would have been over for everyone. I would have been talking <laughs> about this every single day. But like, hey, I know you're reading that book, but have you heard about this one? <laughs> um, <clears throat> And it's just, it's just nice to see like proper fantasy novels that are, I they're just different than like what I'm accustomed to growing up. And it makes mm-hmm. me actively like want to read the fantasy novel genre because it's not just like what I've read over and over again, the same kind of people. It's just very nice. And also like, I think <laughs> I just love that everyone is like kind of funny, kind of serious, kind mm-hmm. of just like in love with everyone. They've been around <laughs> for each other for so long. That's just like, it's nice. <laughs> if your adventuring group doesn't fall in love with each other after 8 months or 6 what's months, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, yeah exactly, you're not romancing the point of people. Questing. Yeah, if you're not <laughs> questing for love.
0: Well. <laughs> uh, well, I I just had a really fun time writing the group um, and mm. the group dynamic and there's definitely characters that get along better um and then others, like, Bethany and Matt do not like each other all that much.
1: <laughs> um, but I think they're so funny together. Yeah. Um, it makes and, sense that the two magic users would be...
0: <laughs> compatible.
1: Yeah,
0: they, <laughs> they just kind of... They snipe at each other, but it's with love. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Lila is this kind of, like, total... You know, you, she's a mystery, but then... You know, um, you really don't know what she's thinking. And then all of a sudden she comes home with a murder bird. I mean, like,
1: she's just, just so fun.
2: Named Crow.
1: Um, <laughs> I crow. love that scene so much.
2: This is my murder bird.
1: This is Crow. This is Crow.
0: This is Crow, my pet. That's like, not a crow. What the hell? <laughs> yeah.
2: That's not a crow. That's a death machine. Yeah.
0: Huh. <laughs> But yeah, like writing them all like working together. And that's one of the things I really like about the um about the moat monster scene is that like you could see them in action. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but then like the the masquerade scene, you get to see them um also in action in a different way. You know, they have a common goal and they're trying to work together to see that goal come to fruition. So they as a as a group, they work well together across different environments. But Mm -hmm. you know, take one away and you might not have a piece that you need.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're Mm -hmm. they're very integral to each other because they each fill in gaps that they each have. And they're very mm-hmm. much like a, a jigsaw puzzle. Without one of the pieces, it's just like, well, I can't complete this puzzle. <laughs> I need <laughs> my other pieces. Like speaking of tropes, is there like a favorite trope of yours that you like loved writing into the book?
0: Um, my favorite trope mm-hmm. is hurt comfort. That mm-hmm. is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Um, it shows up in, in "Deeper Waters" a lot. Uh, <laughs> um. <laughs> And there is that scene, and, and again, don't want to spoil it, but the whole, like, swooning into someone's arms mm-hmm. um, scene mm-hmm. and then um, the the consequences of that, that was, yeah. I really liked writing that part.
2: Yeah. I I love that the word swooning is just in the book, like, a few times. It's just, like, a favorite word of mine because it's just, like, when I read that word, I just end up, like, ah! like, the Like, a full... <laughs> thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: that should and be if, a fainting couch yeah. Oh, <laughs> exactly oh. yeah
2: <laughs> bury that I
1: also love wooing as a word and I yes. like that they were like we have to woo the people and it's like wooing what are we doing here what guys? Is this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they they are like very like I yeah I mean that's the word for it but I like I don't know what else to call yeah. it yeah and he's like I'm gonna woo my friends and Matt's like what are you saying <laughs> I have yeah. to, like, none of that on? made what?
2: sense no.
1: <laughs> how literally how what are you talking about
2: he's like one step away from being like are we in a dating simulator Like what's going on
0: <laughs> there really is Matt's one of my favorite characters I mean like I love all of them they're all they're all like a, they're my chaos children but mm-hmm. um and like Matt and his just kind of like, he's in awe of like the ridiculousness and, mm-hmm. and he kind of like is in on the joke. He's kind of, you know, sometimes I feel like he gets really close to breaking the fourth wall with his just <laughs> like, are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can almost like feel him like turning camera. and looking at yeah. the camera at some right. scenes. <laughs> he's, in, uh,
0: he's in the office and he's like looking at the camera.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So,
2: yeah, I, I think that's, There are just like so many layers of this book, too, in terms of like the timing of it being like, um, I guess, like three months countdown. It didn't feel like while I was reading that it felt like, oh, this is three months because three months is a long time. But it's also Mm -hmm. like a short time, especially if you have a curse on you. And it didn't feel like I was like chugging through the book. I think the one night Sophie left me and I had read 50 (laughs) pages. And the next day she was like, wait, you're more than halfway through the book. I was like, I read 200 pages last night. (laughs)
1: No, you were like almost done. You were like, it was like, you know, maybe like maybe 20 pages left. I was like, what
0: the?
2: What? (laughs) What happened? I told my boyfriend about it. He was like, wow, you really like this book. I was like, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I didn't, um, I felt like three months was ample enough time to get, for them to get their shit together and like Mm -hmm. rule a kingdom, but also have like the countdown because, you know, there's so much that's going on and it's not, not all of it's on page um, and Mm -hmm. um, they've got a lot of stuff to do and it, I don't feel like it would have been believable if like, oh, today we won. And then like five days later, they're holding a masquerade ball. It just didn't feel like that would work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: I've only got two days. Yeah, no. (laughs) I can't read that book. (laughs) It's too much. Yeah, that'd be really stressful. (laughs) I would be like, that's the thing about, let's say like Majora's Mask. Granted, you get to play it over and over again in the span of like the three day thing. But that is stressful. (laughs) <laughs> like it 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 doesn't feel good
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I didn't want to one of the things about um world building that I, I try to do is just to maintain like even as silly as some of this book can be like the internal mm. consistency is always there so mm-hmm. it makes sense for the world and even though like Matt could do magic and Bethany can like um, make people believe stuff and all those kinds of things it the world has to be consistent across itself. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make sense that in the beginning, they're like throwing up and, (laughs) um, didn't notice Had to sharpen his sword. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, six days later, the kingdom is running fine and and everybody's happy kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I felt three months gave them enough time to kind of like get a fledgling kind of, you know, government going. Um, but also didn't like stretch out the curse Mm -hmm. and and gave it kind of a, a a tense little timeline. But I also have to say, like, I had so much fun writing this book um, that there's my edit agent and editor both had to go through and cut it down a lot because there was so much like superfluous stuff in it um, that it, it was, it was trimmed quite a bit. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I feel like, um, and also, like, I think the length of the book, I think it's, like, 340-ish pages. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, that's, like, a great amount, especially for, like, a fantasy novel, because classically a lot of those, the length of those, just terrify me for no reason. It's like, okay, yes, I understand we're walking through the forest for five weeks, but I also don't want to feel like I'm walking through a forest for five weeks. (laughs) Um, And it never felt like in this book that, like, it was just like slugging, but even when it's like they're doing something that's time-consuming, it felt like the pace was it, of it was really good. Um,
0: that's the magic of having a good editor.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out to the editors. Yeah. Uh, who was?
2: Yes. Who was your editor, by the way? Is that?
0: Uh, it's uh, Kate Pross swimmer at okay. um, Simon and Schuster.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, they were Simon and Schuster was uh, they were nice enough to send us like the uh a pdf version and the physical copy um and uh they've been very nice to us so far it was very sweet of them to do that and i very much appreciate it especially uh because this book came out yeah two days ago
0: on tuesday yeah yeah
2: that's so exciting
0: It is it is i know i was i did a um a thing last night and someone asked me so what's next for you and i was like the book literally came out yesterday <laughs> the book just came can out can please can i have a minute
2: <laughs> yeah I, you can't ask a, a parent who who just had a the their their child like oh so what's next for you i don't know <laughs> maybe being with this this book for just yeah. like a day
0: maybe yeah, it's a common question. I get it, but it was mm-hmm. just like I was like I literally this came out, <laughs> but actually that day I turned in edits for another book. So oh. <laughs> I mean,
2: <laughs> I would like to maybe take a nap. I think that's what's next for me is some sleep. Oh my
0: god. Yes. Yeah. Last night's um, thing was event was on the West Coast, and they mm-hmm. were like seven thirty West Ooh. Coast. And I was like oh, man, that's 10.30, my time. Yeah, That's bedtime. That's I'm that's already bedtime. I am an old... I am in bed reading at that point. I'm an old.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Me? I'm an old. Oh okay, am The old. event was with, Brian Lassalla, right? with yeah, Ryan LaSalle, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he is a, a chaos monster. Yeah, I blame him for all chaos. I know you have had other books come out. In 2019, was that when... Uh, is it In Deeper Waters had come out? Or...
0: No, um, I was with uh, Interlude Press Mm -hmm. for a while and I had um, five books come out with them. Mm So 2019 was actually a book called Monster of the Week um, that had come out, which is a a comedy urban fantasy duology. And it's uh, about cryptids. (laughs) I'm I'm in. (laughs) Is Mothman in there? (laughs) Uh, Mothman does not make an appearance, but he is referenced. Yes. Um, Thank God. (laughs) But it's like... That one was really fun to write. I wrote it. Um, I think the first book came out in 2017, mm-hmm. um, and actually won quite a few awards. And then um, the the second book was Monster of the Week, and it uh, came out in 2019. So, um, but that was the the rules duology, and it's all about cryptids and this teenager who. Um, lands a job working for this person who is a cryptid caretaker and so, so has cool. to keep them hidden from the rest of the world mm-hmm. and so he gets to hang out with like this really you know mean unicorn and um he the, the ozark Cowler's involved which is mm-hmm. like you know, a Midwestern cryptid and there's uh Mermaids in Lake Michigan and Sasquatch mm-hmm. shows up. So it was just super fun um writing those. So um I was at BookCon promoting those.
2: That sounds so cool. I that sounds like right up my alley. I love cryptids.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was um I that was small press. So mm. it didn't doesn't have as wide a reach as in Deeper Waters, and so this is our after. Um in mm-hmm. Deeper Waters came out last year. Um, oh, okay. Um, I thought yeah. the
2: name sounded like very familiar That's and I was I was this one. Yes. Yeah. I literally was like, I feel like I know what the cover of this book looks like. Sophie and I looked at this book like a hundred times, I think, when we were looking at books. <laughs> we were like pirates, gay, maybe. This seems mm-hmm. it. I feel like it was that the that uh the image of that, the cover of that book matches Sophie's background right now.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, nice yeah. soft pastels. Yeah.
0: Yes. It's mm-hmm. the same cover artist. Um, it's Sam. Mm-hmm that is so,
2: so talented I, that's the thing i love to talk about on the podcast too because i think sometimes i've i've fallen victim to this where i like look at a cover of a book and i'm like i have no idea what's going on but i love the way this looks so i'm going to buy it and mm-hmm. hopefully it turns out to be good but um i love looking like this is just so beautiful
0: it is mm-hmm.
2: i am so I jealous those, you have a, a giant too. yeah i'm so jealous you have a giant cut out of it
0: yeah, and it's kind of looms behind me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And that's just in the background like, hey, what's going on? No,
0: yeah. Hey, just, girl. Just uh, just, <laughs> us. just hanging out. That's the Ryan Gosling meme, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, yeah, exactly. anyway. I'm so pleased about the back cover, too, because, like, mm-hmm. Bethany, mm-hmm. Lila, Ryan, and Sh- and Shauna are all there. Um, mm-hmm. And she just did such an amazing job with them. And it, it just made me so happy. hmm
2: I re- mm-hmm. I think this really illustrates too, like when you're getting to know like a like a fantasy cast. Like this is really cool because as I like read their names, I like flipped to the back to be like, okay, that's who this is, and this is who this is. Um, and I think also mm-hmm. just like seeing them really helpful, especially the, like throughout the story too. And they just look so mm-hmm. fun together. They look like they're having a great time. Yeah, I'm also yeah. very hungry <laughs> looking at this food. So I know. <laughs>
0: I know they were like asking me like, well, what should they be doing? And I was like, I don't know. Eating. <laughs> they should be like hanging um, out, hanging mm-hmm. out, and and being the messes they are.
2: <laughs> Hot messes, Sex. quite literally. Yeah. yeah. Hot messes. But yeah, I think. Do you? Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, Sophie?
1: I don't think so. I think we covered everything.
2: The only other thing I had written down. Yeah. The only other thing I had was that I liked that the language in the book was like a mix of I have the tendency of calling things vintage and I, I don't <laughs> like old and like it's like old so English. Oh vintage. Oh vintage. Um but I can't remember the word. I know it. that is like the <laughs> the vintage language. Um so it's like a nice mix of <laughs> Old English, it feels like, and then also just like normal, like current, mm. non-vintage speak. Um,
1: <laughs> and I just like it's like a classical fantasy without being inaccessible. Yes, exactly. Kind of, yeah, I think,
2: I think that's probably why I was so like voracious with it because I didn't feel like I was like I'm not not smart enough to read this book.
0: <laughs> I wanted it to be as accessible as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's why there's a mix. And then also um, I, I wanted the humor to not just be um, situational humor. A lot of the humor comes out of the dialogue. And I mm-hmm. wanted that to mm-hmm. resonate with the, the current audience. And so that's like you have like some references to memes and <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like yeah. get a job in this economy. <laughs> like, yeah, I read yeah. that
2: and I squealed I literally squealed because that is like one of my favorite things to say I remember saying to my dad in this economy and he was like that's so funny I was like I didn't come up with it that's from the internet and he has texted me things like oh in this economy like jokingly I'm like yes thank you dad
0: oh love that you're catching on but yeah I wanted to make it like the humor you know current for the for the teen audience young adult audience mm-hmm. and um a, and a lot of that comes out through the dialogue so there's there's a, there's the different types of humor this is situational humor like mm-hmm. the snarky like back and forth like the meme kind of humor yeah. um and then just kind like, of like the fun like easter eggs I'm um, like the Super Mario joke and, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's a couple others in there that I can't think of off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. they're there. Um, someone <laughs> sent me a message on Twitter and they were like, was this a, a joke from the night's tale? And I was like, you'll have to remind me what line it is. <laughs>
2: yeah. Which do you mind?
0: Wait, yeah, well, I I like, to- <laughs> It's like probably, but you have to like be more specific.
2: Yeah. the <laughs> whole book? Showed it to me. Yeah.
0: And I was like, oh, no, I didn't. That was not intentional.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. It's just
1: in my subconscious. <laughs> it's
2: just there. I mean, then a Knight's Tale would be deep in the subconscious. It's just part of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cradled, nestled, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think my last question is, if you had to be a and d character, which would you be?
0: Um, so I've not played D&D in a very long time so I mm. don't want to like make it have an answer and like mess it up and people be yeah. mad at me um, so when I played World of Warcraft which mm-hmm. I did for years I had my main was a blood elf mage and Ooh. my ult was an undead rogue so mm. those were the two characters I played with the most and I had to stop playing uh, World of Warcraft because it was a time vampire oh my god and yeah. um, <laughs> I yeah. just was like spending hours at it and then realizing, like, oh, I have to feed my children. Um
2: <laughs> did this happen? Ooh. When did you get here?
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it wasn't that bad, but it was. Yeah. It had gotten to like the mm-hmm. point where it was it, it taking up a significant portion of my life. Yeah. <laughs> so I stepped away from it, but but those were my two my two characters. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome.
2: I'm also whenever I can choose magic, I choose magic, and I. <laughs> I always tell Sophie, jokingly, even though I cannot sing at all, um, that I would be a bard only because I love to a annoy people, but also mm-hmm. to sing song things at people. You one
1: hundred percent will be a bard. Yeah, <laughs> I together.
2: am I'm Jean Rau. <laughs> Absolutely from <gasps> Paris. <and laughs> Yo, I love
1: Jean- <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm technically homeless. Yeah, just like really, he's my favorite, <laughs> the worst human being ever. <laughs>
0: John ralphio is amazing, I guess on that show.
2: The first time he like came on like on screen and he like did that, I was like, "Oh my God, that's me. which um, is really the worst, and I love it.
0: John ralphio would be an amazing bard. I mean, oh my like- God,
2: absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, have you watched The Witcher at all?
1: We just heard. I watching. have well, seen. I did, yeah, yeah. I've seen all both seasons. We are in the middle of season two with Brendan, so he hasn't mm-hmm. finished season two yet. But. Okay. Well, um, yeah,
0: Scare. I mean, like, is one of my oh, um, number one. So yeah, <laughs>
2: he's so amazing, and he's so angry all the time.
0: <laughs> I love that he's angry all the time. It's he's great. Like the Angriest bard ever. <laughs> yes,
2: he just wants people to take him seriously, and for people to stop leaving him on their quests. <laughs>
0: I love that.
1: Um, I love him so much.
0: I feel like Bethany. She's not angry, but she's definitely, you know, um, the smartest person in the room a lot of the times. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and she kind of just like, oh, you you peasants. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's why I feel like I liked her so much because I felt like her, like she would also be like a person that'd be like, "Where's the camera over there."
0: <laughs> yes like, totally
2: can you believe they asked me to throw a ball like I don't know how to
0: yeah I love that line where they're like well we'll just have food and she's like because you're thinking like peasants yes, yes.
2: <laughs> you're one friend that's like rich and it's just like right? oh yeah oh you don't know how to throw a ball you think it's just catering <laughs> Moira Rose
0: <laughs>
1: oh, yes. oh, oh my god, god. Moira Rose <laughs>
2: Paul so, is just eating.
0: <laughs> Moira Rose was um the crows have eyes. <laughs> and I I I did not end up doing it, but I uh at Dragon Con last year my my mm. cosplay was gonna be Moira Rose as um Dr. Claire Mandrake. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
2: That is, you have to do it at some point. Neither, oh, you know. I
0: will. Yes. I will. Like, I, I've got the hair now, but, um, you know, I just cut it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm at the, the right length and everything. But um, I just didn't, I didn't have time to pull it together. And mm-hmm. um, I was on so many panels and doing so much. I was like, I can't go to a panel dressed as, well as um <laughs> well. Even though I did one as a zero fail a couple of years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to take my wings off before I got up on the stage.
2: Yeah, that sounds right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, but, um, yeah, that's, like, next time I cosplay, I'm definitely doing Moira Rose's Dr. Claire Mandrake, and it's going to be, like, the most niche cosplay. Nobody's going to get it except me, and it's going to make me entirely too happy.
2: (laughs) Those are the best cosplays, though. Like, I've done Mm -hmm. cosplays that are, like, the game has been out for years, and no one's going to really technically understand what's going on at this point, because it's, like, not top of mind. But, like, those are the cosplays that you're like, yes, I'm going to spend so much time on and it's going to be perfect for me.
1: Mm. I love that. And those. then when you see people in cosplays that are really niche, weird things, you're like, oh, my God, you're dressed <laughs> Finally. Scary! Yes.
2: What? Yeah, it's, exactly. like, right. the best
1: feeling yes. in
0: the world. It's mm-hmm. so good. I dressed as um, Tina Belcher um, at Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> and Standing. my friend was, like, CB Lee was um, Linda. And my friend uh <laughs> Carrie Pack, who's another author, was Louise. Um oh and I was Tina, and we walked around together <laughs> and CB Lee had the the spice rack on. Yes. <laughs> and it was so funny. But I had gotten separated from them at, at some point, like we were in the dealer hall or whatever, and I was walking mm-hmm. around as um Tina and I hear, Tina, come take <laughs> come take a picture with your family. And I turn around and it's like, <laughs> all these like Bob and Linda. Are <laughs>
2: That's so amazing.
0: I, a, I took a picture with a mom of that. It was so funny.
2: <laughs> I my drag daughter did Linda once. And I think it she's like very great with like edgy makeup. Um, she's very like gothy. But her just doing like Linda Belcher was like probably my favorite thing that she's ever done. Because <laughs> she like really got into it. And I'm like, yes, go buy the right mom jeans. Like you gotta yeah. do everything right. And she started talking like it, and I was like, absolutely, this is it. so happy oh
0: yeah um we were like talking about what group costume we wanted to do and and I'm obviously the Tina of the group (laughs) and um and my friend Kara was like I'll be I'll be Louise and and um CB was like okay well I'll be Linda and then we were like okay and I was expecting her to show up with like jeans and an apron whatever no she showed up with jeans the apron the shirt and then had made a spice rack
1: That's oh my genius.
2: God. That's amazing. That's so amazing. good.
1: That's so good. I
2: love cosplay. It's so fun.
1: Is there anything
2: else you wanted to to throw in?
1: No, I'm good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Astounding. <laughs> Um all right, perfect then sorry, I'm just thinking about how like ten minutes ago you were like antique's not the right word. I don't know yeah, and then you were vintage. like voracious yeah. like the next sentence you use the word voracious and I was like, what's happening?
2: I my brain goes smart dumb smart dumb, smart dumb <laughs> but yeah i I, f- I feel like we've terrorized you enough tonight um, <laughs>
0: No, this is the most fun I've had. I'm not going to say in a long time because I have done two very other fun events Mm. in the past two days. But um, yes, this is probably the one I've laughed the most in. Um, okay you can, you can tell us we're the coolest
1: people you've ever yeah, let it out okay. i promise
0: well and thank you so much for having me and you know people can find me at ft lucans or ft lukins.com lucans.com okay um and then ft lucans on instagram ft lucans on twitter um can uh i'm i Talk to people the best on Twitter because I can use my computer to type it out because yeah. I'm <laughs> the greatest at texting. So and, mm-hmm. and Instagram, you can only use on your phone. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. So if anybody wants to send messages to talk about the book or whatever, uh, I I try to respond to every message.
2: Well, that's awesome. Yeah, if you're interested in speaking with FT, um, definitely check out their Twitter or their Instagram. And then uh, where can we get? Uh, so this is Ever After.
0: So, you can still at this point get signed copies through Malaprops Bookstore in Asheville. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, you can, at this point in time, you can still get them um, if you want to, like, you know, have it personalized or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But later dates, uh, you should still be able to get signed copies because I go there often and I'll sign stuff. Um, So, But everywhere else, you know, your local indie bookstore or mm-hmm. your Barnes and Noble, or if you, ha- if you must, Amazon, um, They, it's everywhere. So
2: That's mm-hmm. great. Hopefully not Amazon that you have to go. <laughs> Hopefully everywhere else.
0: Yeah, please, yeah. uh, if you have a local indie bookstore or you can mm-hmm. go on, um, uh, oh, what is the website that lists all the indie bookstores? Uh, bookshop.org is a good one. Okay. It's not the one. Uh, I don't know if that's what you're thinking. Okay, (laughs) but but that works.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, um, my name is Brendan Patrick. We have Sophie Green here, and we've been talking to Ft. Lukens about. So this is Ever After. Uh, This is the Superlit Podcast, and we'll catch you next time.